Me, a cat, moving in with a single guy. At first, I thought it might be a little weird, but turns out it's actually pretty amusing. For instance, like my human's gotten so used to me being around, sometimes I think he forgets I'm here. He'll get up for work, shower, shave, and come out with no pants. Plops right down in front of the TV. Hello, there's a lady in the room. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. a cigarette you got a map running down your arm telling you it's time for more your veins burn at midnight or while your heart plays to the war you double down on spinning barrels how many blanks is it gonna take i'm making bets with empty walls if this next one will be The federal government alone spends four and a half billion dollars a year locking up people for drug offenses. It costs almost twenty-eight thousand dollars a year just to incarcerate one prisoner. Compare that to the average annual tuition at a four-year public college, which is $5,491, and you realize that the drug war is blurring our nation's priorities. Taxpayers' money would be much better spent educating people instead of punishing them. But thanks to ever-increasing mandatory minimum drug sentences, an entire class of young people are being filtered into new supermax prisons while the resulting budget crunch forces the rest of us to go to old, dilapidated schools. The more money we dump into prisons, the less we have to invest in college campuses. Visit www.schoolsnotprisons.com to find out how you can get involved in the war against the war on drugs. And a pleasant good afternoon to you wherever you may be. However you may be listening, this is indeed the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Touch Free Farm Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you for making this show part of your Monday afternoon, early Monday evening. It's 5.04, and the sun is still out. That's a pretty damn good sign if you ask me, because in in just under three weeks' time, clock is moving forward. Time is moving forward. And that, in fact, gives me hope for 
the spring that is to come because after all, I'm pretty sure most people right about now are tired of the early sunsets and they're tired of the cold weather. I mean, today was pretty brutally cold and it's only going to get colder tonight for all of those that are going to be going out tonight because it is Valentine's Day after all. Be safe. Stay warm. It's going to be really cold tonight. And if you are tuned into the program now, thank you for choosing to start your Valentine's Day night with the Shukri Wright Show at 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. The number to call in is 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. As I am here with you for two hours until 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So... You want to get in touch with me over the next couple of hours? That's the number to get in touch with me, 855-915-9636. Now, I talked about how how time moving forward in a few weeks is the operative word. Time moving forward is something that we all look forward to. We all look forward to, you know, what's to come tomorrow. We all look forward to... Hey, what's coming up uh, later this year in the summer? Oh, hey, what's coming up uh, later on as we move forward in the year 2022? But the one thing that as I think about more and more and more is, is I can't help but wonder, when is America going to move forward When is America going to finally say enough is enough with the idea of of white supremacy and the idea that black people are not allowed to succeed on their own, without their merit, without their credit at any given point in time? Because there was something that I, I really want to get to in terms of what I saw last night in Super Bowl 56. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about the game itself and, and a whole plethora of topics that I have lined up for the program. But there was something that I saw last night that was really disturbing. And I am going to spend a, a pretty good amount of time to start the show talking about this at nauseum. And that is the fact that last night, I saw the racists amongst us come out in droves that were complaining about not liking the halftime show that was at Super Bowl 56 last night. Reasons that I simply cannot understand. And and it bothered me because one, it was clear that they didn't like it for the simple fact that it was a predominantly black lineup of artists and performers performing at the Super Bowl halftime show sponsored by Pepsi. That was the issue. And I am 100% sure for everyone who is on social media saw the things that I also saw last night. If you saw what I saw, and if you saw all of the people that were complaining about, well, wow, not one single white person, oh, wow, 
Um, I will ne- I will never watch the halftime show again. Oh wow, uh, this is sexual anarchy, huh? How in the blue blazing hell was the performance of the Super Bowl halftime show last night sexual anarchy? Because if there's one thing that I've learned time and time again, and I'm taking a direct shot of white supremacy here, if you don't like it, you can turn away. But the problem that I legitimately have with the people that were complaining about last night's halftime show is is the fact that you were upset because you did not see what you wanted to see. You wanted to see your type, your folks on the stage, not a bunch of headline, headline guys who brought nostalgic, great emotional feeling in remembrance of what a once was and still is a pretty damn good show by folks whose names are legendary in the entertainment business and the music industry that you and I know of. Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible to watch, to listen to, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. In actuality, that was the first halftime show that I watched in years. That was the first halftime show in which I, I literally wanted to just tune in and listen to the songs that were going to be performed at the halftime show. I caught myself bopping to the music. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I did. Like, I absolutely found myself, like, even saying some of the verses. Like, I'm like, wow, I remember this song from way back when. Whew, damn. It's from the early 2000s. <laughs> I remember this, I mean, this from the late 90s. But as I'm going through Twitter last night and even TikTok and other platforms, but especially Twitter, the thing that got me most upset was the people who found reasons to complain. And I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me how we have to continue to have this conversation over and over and over again because people do not want to understand or acknowledge the fact that hey people who are black and brown can can do this people who are black and brown do have a right to succeed they have a right to perform at the highest at the highest platform possible that is super bowl you have morons like Sean Spicer who tweeted out their NFL Pepsi what was the message of the halftime show? Hey, you moron. There was no particular message. Actually, there was. There was, as a matter of fact. The message was for those who like to completely whitewash the, the sole purpose of that was to, was to, in fact, send a statement to the NFL. Like, let me first quickly st- state that you realize that Jay-Z and, and Rock Nation is black-owned, right? By and large part. It is predominantly black-owned. And you think that it was coincidence that 
with the exception of Eminem being the only um, Caucasian performer at the halftime show last night, that everyone else was black. And oh, by the way, they, ha- they also happen to have a woman there, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, because the NFL, as much as we talk about they as them being the antithesis of of what is right and clearly not the moral standard for what is what is good and right in this world the NFL didn't have a choice but to go along with it they didn't have a choice so therefore they went along with the performers and everything that went on last night, because there was nothing that went that was wrong with the halftime show at all whatsoever. Zero. Nothing wrong with it. The people who who have a problem with it were the people who were flat out racist. Yes, flat out racist. And if you find offense to that, maybe you need to take a, a nice gander at yourself as to why exactly do you have a problem with it. But it's not children friendly. I'm sorry, have I have I forgotten something or have I missed something? Like, have like have we not seen enough halftime shows to have actually have an understanding that halftime shows in the Super Bowl are not made for children and that there was nothing remotely inappropriate that was going on? Oh, but what about the cursing? Hey, you idiot. You realize that musicians curse in their music, right? Right? Oh, okay. Right, right. Oh, that's right. You remember some guy named Elvis Presley? Okay, right, right, right. He didn't curse in his music, but if you look back on his life and what he was, (laughs) the man was a raging racist. (laughs) I mean, let's not play holier than thou, please. Let's not do that. Because there's plenty of feelings that could be hurt in this particular moment. But I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there at all. And then you have idiots like Tina Stout who go on and say the Super Bowl halftime show sucks big time and racist halftime show ever, no white people. I laughed so hard when I saw that. I said to myself, really? So Eminem is not white? So let let me understand this correctly. The fact that this individual said and there were people who thought like her, who acted the same sentiments. There was not, there was no white person there. Also, Eminem's not white. So, what are you trying to say? What are you implying in that statement? Hmm. Sincerely, what are you trying to say that Eminem, because he raps, he he is basically well integrated into black culture. That is hip hop. He is not as white as you are. What is this, the white puritist like society or something? Come on, stop it. Just just stop. The conservative MUA. Eminem was the only white person in the entire performance. Well, again, Eminem was the white was the one individual who happened to be Caucasian that was there. And again, the fact that it was 95% black African-American was not by accident. And then this also, this guy who his Twitter handles, his Twitter handles a joke. Why 
why are Hall making it a point to have absolutely no white people in the halftime show? I'm t- listen. I swear, some of these people didn't go to school for grammar. And and for those of you that are listening, and are still listening, you're probably like, wait, what kind of English is that exactly? This is the tweet that I'm literally reading to you that was tweeted out last night. And I, and I kept it, by the way. Why Hall's making it a point to have absolutely no white people in the halftime show? Like, y'all are amazing. But the point of this entire segment really is this. Diversity is a good thing. Hmm? Yes, diversity that has nothing to do with you. Not everything has to do with you. And you can't handle one halftime show where it's predominantly black? What does that say about you? Not the NFL, not the Pepsi halftime show, not Jay-Z Rock Nation. What does that have to say about you? It says that you are a racist that you, and that you can't handle the fact that people who don't look like you are given the platform to succeed and which they already have been succeeding before they showed up last night at SoFi Stadium. That's the problem. Like, it bothers me to no end that we, are, that we still have to have this conversation in 2022. Like, you wonder why we're still having a conversation? Because of you. You, not black people, not people who look differently from you and I because of you. The races that are amongst us who refuse, who absolutely refuse to acknowledge and accept and embrace anything that is remotely good or even different from them. Because everything has to do with them. It's about them. It's not about you. It was never about you. Wake up, baby, and smell the damn roses because guess what? It's a new day in America. And that day arrived. That day arrived. I'm going to take a break here. Coming up next, we're going to talk about Super Bowl 56. And some of the things that happened in last night's game that really came to fruition that I talked about on yesterday's show that I want to get into further details with you on. That's coming up next right here on the Shukri Wright Show at 91.5 FM WMFO. In Medford, Tushree from Radio Streaming Nationwide on the TuneIn Radio up and globally on WMFO.org. Vicky, how you doing? How's the knee? It's coming along, doctor, but still some soreness. Well, let's see. You know, this soon after surgery, some pain is pretty normal. I was hoping to get more painkillers. The first round worked great. We're being very careful with those now. Prescription painkillers are opioids, same as heroin. It's easy to start taking them, not so easy to stop. 
Last year in America, an average of 40 people died from opioid abuse every day. Long-term addiction has become America's newest health epidemic. So no pills? Vicki, you're doing great. So let's try these anti-inflammatories plus your physical therapy. If the soreness doesn't continue to get better, give me a call. For opioids, the smaller the dose prescribed and taken, the better. Because even a few prescription painkillers can sometimes go a long, wrong way. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Visit orthoinfo.org slash prescription safety. Find serenity Oh, the canvas can be 
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Free Farm Radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app. Globally on WMFO.org. The number to call in as always is 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Um, <laughs> amazing. Truly amazing. I just find it, I find it incredible when, when, when I, whenever I talk people, um, tell people about, um, like, as, as to like why this is such a, a problem and why this is such a topic that needs to be talked about and so forth. It's like people, it's like suddenly people want to just tune away and just stop listening. <laughs> oh man. But, not my problem, but also for those who are still here with me, I appreciate you, you know, staying alongside to listen to the program and whatnot and and um, and whatnot. So, so during this segment, I want to talk about I want to talk about the uh, like the the game last night. It was it was a tremendous game, and before I even get into it. I'm not talking about how you may personally feel that the game was rigged because I think it's a bunch of baloney at this point. And it's really taken a lot for me not to curse and just within the first 20 minutes of the, of the show. So I'm going to exercise discipline and control myself as I am in absolutely no mood to even entertain the idea and any nonsense of, well, hmm... The game was rigged. The referee stole the game for the Bengals. No, that that didn't happen last night. Yes, we both watched the same game. Unless your perception of the game was completely like, warped by the idea that every every referee that officiates a big game has it ended for them. Last night was not the case whatsoever. It just wasn't. So, what happened? What happened to Super Bowl 56? Well, I'll tell you what happened. The biggest concern that I talked about in yesterday's show, and for those who missed it, I was on the air yesterday on Super Bowl Sunday from noon to 1 p.m. yesterday, and I talked about this, in which if there was one area of concern that I was most worried about, it was the Bengals' offensive line. And when I tell you that, oh, my God, that concern came to light, Oh, did it ever. Did it ever. Wow. Like, think about this for a moment. Yesterday's game, especially in the fourth quarter, the Bengals, out of the seven final drives that they had in that game, I believe five of them ended in punts. But Joe Burrow also got sacked, I believe, what, five times, five times on the last seven drives. Something along those lines. But but Joe Burrow got sacked but seven times in the game yesterday. And that in itself was basically a, a microcosm to the issue that is the Bengals' offensive line. And I talked about this yesterday, but I but I realized 
Now that the game has ended and the game is over and we have time to finally collect our collect our breaths and, you know, put things into proper perspective, I think it's fair to say that the glaring weakness of the Bengals ultimately cost them yesterday. The offensive line. You know what's amazing? And I've talked about this before. Between the offensive line and the, the Los Angeles Rams front seven and, and their pass rush, their ability to get to the quarterback, <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, listen. It became the storyline in the second half of the game yesterday. Even though, even though the Bengals, even though the Bengals scored on that 75-yard touchdown pass from Burrow to T. Higgins, and despite it not being a face mask call, which, which was 100% missed, despite the Bengals taking the lead, I felt like the the Rams did a pretty good job of maintaining pressure against Joe Burrow. I mean, Aaron Donald, if you're going to ask me, 100% should have won the Super Bowl MVP yesterday, not Cooper Cup. Now, Cooper Cup got the award because he ha- he scored the game-winning touchdown and he's, he was the best receiver in the NFL in 2021. He had an all-time great season and so forth. But to everyone and the hundreds of millions of people who watched the game yesterday, it's pretty obvious and pretty clear that that the Rams won this game because of Aaron Donald, not Cooper Cup. We can sit here and talk about stats, 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 stats. Yeah, that sounds nice. We can talk numbers. But I'm going to talk about what I saw. What I saw in the fourth quarter was Aaron Donald essentially willing his way into the backfield of the Cincinnati Bengals and getting to Joe Burrow. What I saw was Von Miller stepping up huge, just like he did in Super Bowl 50 while he was with the Denver Broncos against the Carolina Panthers. What I saw was Aaron Donald rushing the quarterback, playing the run to an absolute masterpiece. And what I also saw was a player that showed the world exactly why he is viewed as arguably the second greatest player, a second greatest defensive player in NFL history. The greatest of all time defensively is Lawrence Taylor still. But 1A is Lawrence Taylor, and after last night, 1B, no question is Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald put on an absolute clinic, playing the run, rushing the quarterback, creating pressure. And when you needed him to step up the most, he stepped up the most. And what more could you possibly ask for? What more can you possibly ask for for a guy who, I believe, the more that you think about it, the more you realize just how special of a pass rusher he is. And this is a guy who plays on the interior. 
you can make a case that he's the best interior defensive lineman in NFL history. I think he is, if you ask me. Now, this is no disrespect to Reggie White, one of the great pass rushers the, the league has ever seen and ever known. But we're talking about interior linemen. You name one interior lineman who has had more of an impact on a game, on the game that he's playing in more than Aaron Donald has within the last 10 years. I'll wait. You can't name one. You can't. If you have any thoughts, you want to add into the conversation, you can and you're welcome to. You can call in at 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. Whew. I tell you. Folks, young kids, if you want a, a textbook to gloss over and read over as to how to take over a game on a defensive side of the ball, go on YouTube. Type in Aaron Donald Super Bowl 56. He literally gave you the recipe as to how he did it. And the offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals, as the quarter went on, especially as you got inside five minutes left in the game, Aaron Donald essentially willed the Los Angeles Rams into winning that game defensively. And it was just a beautiful thing to see. You talk about <laughs> you talk about that last play on that fourth and one play when Aaron Donald basically after the end of the play he got up and he started pointing pointing to his ring ring finger and saying put a ring on it I want that Super Bowl ring I'm telling you game changer absolute 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 game changer <laughs> oh man this this is going to be a phenomenal Phenomenal uh, Monday after the Super Bowl. I'm still trying to get my my my, uh, my whereabouts after that first segment because that first segment, man, it got me fired up, and I had to get that all all off my chest. And I'm glad I did. I need to have that honest conversation. And we are going to continue the show after we have this music break. Coming up next, what the Bengals need to do. In order to get back to the Super Bowl, I want to give you some thoughts on some of the things that I saw last night and some things that the Bengals need to do in the offseason that has to change. That and much more coming up next on the Shukri Wright Show at 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch Reform Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. 
Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
Hey, this is Christian and Ryan from Group Love, and you're listening to 91.5 FM. WMFO, Medford. Freeform Radio. That women, you don't have that kind of knowledge. You understand? Look at that. Look. Ooh. Now that is a box. You can do nothing with the others. You can do nothing. Look at you. What is doing? I thought I told him to go home. What is he doing with? Look at. She gonna pass him up. Back up. Look at you. Look at you.
Welcome back to the Shooky Right Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Reform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Because it's Valentine's Day and I really want to try to, you know, uplift my energy and my spirits um, during this show on a, on, a, on a February night that happens to be Valentine's Day. I am, for the remainder of the show, I'm going to play a lot of love-themed songs. A lot of them are going to be classics. Obviously, it's a sports talk show, but when I go on music break, a lot of it's going to be, you know, like classic, like Michael Jackson or, you know, maybe some Bill Weathers and so forth. Um, because either way, uh, like, it's a pretty big night. And tomorrow is a pretty big anniversary for me personally. And uh, I absolutely should be in a much better space than than I have been. But I don't know why I am like why like tonight for some reason I am just kind of a little a little bit off my A game. But I'm doing my best to literally fight through it. And I am going to continue to you know fight my way through this and get better and continue to get better. So, five years ago tonight, I made the decision that I was going to make the move here to Boston five years ago tonight. And it's a pretty significant um, anniversary for me personally because I had a dream, and I have a dream. And that was to move here. And to jumpstart my my radio broadcasting career here in this region. And five years ago tonight, I I had no idea that I was going to make that move and how things were going to go. I had no clue. And there's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But if I were to rewind the clock five years ago at this time... Five years ago, on this date, at this very moment in time, I can tell you that I fully remember just how excited I was feeling, just how elated and joyful that I was feeling 
making a move to a city in a region that I absolutely fell in love with visiting um, during the period of May 14, 2014, up until uh, the, until February 5th, 2017. And I'll be the first to tell you that, man, what a ride it's been. I can't believe it's, it's going to be five years tomorrow that I have officially landed or arrived in this city as a 25-year-old with dreams and aspirations, not knowing what the heck he was getting himself into. So, five years ago tonight, I left my old job and in search and journey of what I ultimately want to do. And it's led me directly up until this moment. And I realized in this very moment, five years later, I am doing my own sports radio show, host my own sports podcast, doing play-by-play of games. Man, what a journey. What a journey it's been so far. Call in at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Five years ago, if you told me that I was going to host my own radio show on Valentine's Day night, I wouldn't have believed. I would have told you, no way. No way. Five years? In five years, Shukri Wright was going to be hosting his own sports radio show on Valentine's Day. Nah. Although I believed in my dream, but I just, I guess there was a bit of trepidation and a bit of unsureness as to how that was going to be and how that was going to come to pass. But it came to pass. So I guess this is my way of putting it out into the universe in terms of my story and my journey five years into this half of a decade. Like, I mean, a lot has changed over the five years that I've been living here. But it has been truly an honor and a blessing all in one. And I'll be the first to tell you that even as I talk about it now, and I know I was going to talk about the Super Bowl and so forth, but I really want to have an opportunity to really talk about what I want to talk about. Like for the remainder of the show, it's about just talking. It's about just talk about whatever. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about life in itself at this point. Be loose. Be loose. Enjoy myself. Because it is such a powerful feeling and a powerful emotion to think that five years ago that I wanted to move to Boston, which I did, and still live in in Metro Boston. I live in Brookline now. um, That I was going to end up hosting my own radio show. That people would end up stopping me like in the streets randomly saying that I recognize you. I recognize the stuff that you do on Twitter. I wouldn't have believed you. So it truly is amazing. And by no shape and form, I bragging, but I'm not going to dim my light whatsoever. I'm not going to apologize by, um, uh, for the fact that I'm looking at myself and I'm saying to myself, wow, five years, five years. How? I mean, five years does fly by so quickly. If you want to call in at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636, I'll go on for another couple of minutes before I transition to hour number two of the program. And let, let me tell you something. It's astounding. It truly is. 
when you begin to think about how you you saw your life and envisioned your life turning into be and turning what it turned out to be so far, knowing that your journey is not done, I think it's just incredible. I think it's incredible to even be sitting here behind a radio mic in a radio station in the midst of what has now turned into a two-year pandemic doing a sports talk radio show. (laughs) I mean, goodness grief. If there was ever a time that I had to remind myself this, I had to remember and put things into perspective, it would be now. And I just think that it's so important because I forget that. Because I'm in such a battle right now, whereas I want to do this for a living. This is my career that I forget to just stop for a moment and just smell the roses, you know, like just take things in for what it is and stop along the way and, and acknowledge that, dude, you, you have come a long way in just two and a half years. And that's just a God honest truth, Shu. I really do forget that. And for those of you who are heading out tonight, and I know a lot of you are, you know, they, you take the time to listen to the program. I sincerely appreciate it. I want to say thank you. And for those who have taken the time to, um, like to, like to listen to the program while you're getting ready to enjoy your night with your loved one and so forth, I'm not foolish. I know this, this is a special night for a lot of people. It is. And I appreciate those who have taken the time to just listen in for even just for, for a few minutes. I appreciate it. Because ultimately, all in all, it's about getting better and continuing to improve upon my, upon my craft. Excuse me. You know, like, I know that I'm a person who, you know, I, I try to work hard to, you know, eliminate the, the stutter or the mumble and so forth. And you can only do that through reps or through getting, or through getting better. That's what you can do. Continue to just get better at what you do and just stop every now and then. And this is a reminder to myself, first and foremost, before anybody else out there. Stop every now and then and just, just acknowledge where you were, how far you've come, and just smile through it all. I think that is so important. And I think it's imperative that I do that more often. And I think that ultimately, it will be a good thing to practice here on out. On this Valentine's Day night, stay safe out there. Coming up next, hour number two of the program. It's Valentine's Day. At this point, like I said, I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl, but it will not be a sports-dominated conversation for the final hour of the program. So if you want to chime in, you can. 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Hour number two of the Shukri Wright Show coming up next. Don't go anywhere. 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford.
You are listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Reform Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. And we are going to play a PSA for you coming up now, spotted by requirements here at the station. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Reform Radios. And you will undoubtedly hear it many more times as the days go by. Now, just in case you're hazy on exactly what it means, let me give you a rough idea. It means that the cost of your clothes and food has gone up to a point where the family budget has become somewhat strained. Well, that's one of those things. And you can't be expected to increase the family income. But there are some things you can do to help. For instance, take better care of your clothes. When you come home from school, change into old clothes before you go out to play. Take care of your health, because doctors and medicines are expensive. Eat well, but don't waste. Take your full share, but eat all you take. Try not to ask mother and dad to buy you things you don't actually need. Make the best and the most of what you've got. Try to be more than usually careful of your school equipment, such as paper, pencils, and so forth. Make them last and go as far as you possibly can. Remember that all members of a family must pull together at a time like this. So do your share. There's a price tag on almost everything. Whether you drive a shiny new 1952 model or a pre-war jalopy, you had to pay the price. And when you're driving that car, remember that speed also has its price. The price tag on speed violations last year was 15,000 killed and 500,000 injured. This year, thousands of lives can be saved if you and millions of other motorists come to the sober realization that speed is the biggest killer on the highways and resolve to slow down before you or someone else pays the price that must be paid for it. You can do your part by keeping within speed limits. At all times, drive as though your life depends on it. It does.
I see the crystal raindrops fall And the beauty of it all Is when the sun comes shining through To make those rainbows in my mind When I think of you sometime And I want to spend some time with you Just the two of us
I hear the crystal raindrops fall on the window down the hall, and it becomes the morning dew. And darling, when the morning comes and I see the morning sun, I wanna be the one with you. Just the two of us. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Hour number two of the Sugar Ride Show, 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Touch, Reform Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Call into the program at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Here with you for another 40 minutes or so. On this Valentine's Day night, and man, I tell you what, love is in the air. (laughs) Is it? If you are a Detroiter, is love really in the air today? Because I was listening to um, to 97.1 The Ticket, sports radio station out in Detroit, affiliate of CBS Sports Radio, and, and it really dawned on me, like... People are happy that the Rams won the Super Bowl. People are happy for guys like Aaron Donald, who finally got a Super Bowl ring. Von Miller, who got a second Super Bowl ring. But also, for Matthew Stafford as well. He spends 13 years in Detroit and does not win a single playoff game. He goes to the Los Angeles Rams. His first year as a starting quarterback of the Rams what does he do? <laughs> what does he do? He goes out there and wins the whole damn thing. WMFO. WMFO. WMFO.
We're going to go to Rich in Boston. You're on the Sugar Right Show on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. What's going on, Rich? Rich. Rich, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Rich? Rich? I guess we lost him. I don't know. Something's going on with the with the phone tonight. Strange. But try calling back again, Rich. We're going to put you on back on the show. But in continuation, Matthew Stafford leaves the lines and it requests a trade. And he gets traded to the Rams. And as we all know, Jared Goff gets traded from the Rams to the Lions in return. And I'll be the first to tell you, <laughs> man, listen, it is amazing to think that a guy who spends the first 13 years in one city, he has some level, and I do mean some level of success in Detroit. Now he goes to Los Angeles, and what does he do? He wins. So, Lion fans, how are you feeling today that your former franchise quarterback who asked to be traded last offseason wins the Super Bowl elsewhere? But also on top of that, let me make a very brutally honest point here. This is the ongoing tragedy of the Detroit Lions that's been ongoing for the last 50-plus years. Your franchise player either retires or asks to be traded, and he succeeds elsewhere. Isn't that kind of like the, the comedic punchline for the Detroit Lions now? Barry Sanders, arguably the best running back in NFL history, he retires early because he realizes the Detroit Lions weren't going to go anywhere. Calvin Johnson, who just got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame a year ago, he retires early because he realizes that the Detroit Lions weren't going to go anywhere and be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Matthew Stafford, who played along with Kevin Johnson, after 13 seasons, finally asked to get out of Dodge, and where does he get shipped off to? He gets shipped off to Los Angeles to a talented roster and a much talented organization and head coach and what does he do? Oh, no big deal. He beats the Cardinals in the wild card round. He beats the Buccaneers despite blowing a 27-3 lead in the divisional round. He wins the NFC title game at home, beating the 49ers after being down 17-7 going into the fourth quarter. And in the Super Bowl, trailing late in the game, what, what does he do? He puts together that final drive that wins the Super Bowl for the Los Angeles Rams. That has to be the ultimate punch to the stomach of the Detroit Lions and to the city of Detroit. Because I'll tell you what, Matthew Stafford was the best quarterback that the Lions have had probably ever, ever. Yes, I, know, I am aware that he has a sub-500 record in Detroit, 74-90-1. I get that. It is a losing record. But how much of that is that really on Matthew Stafford? You see, what people fail to realize and to understand 
And that is, it doesn't matter how talented of a quarterback that you are. What matters is, where are you placed and where do you play ultimately dictates your outcome of your success. Because let's be honest. Let's ask ourselves a very honest question. Does Tom Brady have the same success elsewhere that he had in New England if he's playing for, let's say, the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2000 or 2001? No. Does Joe Montana have the same success with the Arizona Cardinals that he had with the San Francisco 49ers in the the 1980s? No. It matters where you play and the organization that you play for. It matters. So when Matthew Stafford finally got to hoist the Vince Lombardi trophy last night, one of the first thoughts that came to mind is, damn, Lion fans have got to be sick. They have got to be sick. Because the Lions have been dreaming about this night for years. They believed for a long time that Matthew Stafford was going to be their savior, their guy, the guy that finally gets them to the promised land, except that it didn't happen. Why? There isn't just one particular reason why. But when you have had a fairly substantial amount of head coaches over the years, over the 13 years in Detroit, yeah, it's going to be awfully hard to – find any sort of sustainable success. And that's exactly what happened. So the way I look at it is America is celebrating the Rams winning the Super Bowl, but Detroit is feeling sick to its stomach. I really do think so. And there are Lions fans that will say that, well, I do feel happy for the guy. Well, congratulations. You are actually among the few. But as a Lions fan, even if you feel happy for Matthew Stafford, you have got to be feeling angry. Not with Matthew Stafford. Not because he asked for a trade. In fact, you as a Lions fan should have a better understanding better than anyone else. The dysfunction that lies within your organization. But the harsh reality is, is that the Lions did what the Lions did best. Self-sabotage their own great players by giving them and surrounding them crap talent, crap coaches, and a crappy system that does not produce results. I mean, for, for Pete's sake, you damn near went, went witness this past season. Seriously. What does that tell you? That in itself should tell you an awful lot. And this is no slap in the face of Dan Campbell who just got there. But can we be honest with ourselves for just a moment? And acknowledge that there is something very rotten with the city of Detroit football team. Not the city of Detroit, but with the football team. There is something very rotten with the organization, with the Lions organization. And I'm amazed that the Lions fans who could continue to remain loyal to that franchise and that organization, I don't know how the hell you do it. Because frankly, I would have left that ship a long time ago. I don't, I don't get it. I sincerely do not understand that. Now, with that being said, it's Valentine's Day. And if you are feeling a certain type of way, you should feel your feels. But if you're a Detroit, if you're a Lions fan, <laughs> you are feeling crushed. 
you should be feeling crushed that your franchise quarterback in his first year, he finally leaves that downtrodden franchise and wins elsewhere. Yikes. That is just a bad look on your organization who continues to get it wrong year in and year out. Good luck winning a championship with Jared Goff in Detroit. Because you're going to need a lot of luck because even the great ones knew they had to get out of Dodge. This is an organization that lost Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and Matthew Stafford all in their prime of their careers. And they can't produce a single championship for those guys. What a shame. What a damn shame. I mean, (laughs) the more I think about it, the more I say to myself, how, like sincerely, how on earth is this possible? After how long that they continue to not get it right? It's truly amazing the more I think about it. It really is. Coming up next. Let's take a look back on the last five years in Boston because on Valentine's Day night, it's time to reminisce and it's time to create new memories. That and much more coming up next right here on the Sugar Right Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Give me the night. Give me the night. 
If you are heading out tonight, be safe out there. It is still icy out there. There are still some considerable ice patches out in the streets. If you're walking out in the city somewhere in Boston or even greater Boston, for that fact of the matter, be safe out there. And coming up next, Michael Jackson, Pretty Young Thing.
Welcome back to the Shook Right Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Free From Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. It is now 6.38 p.m. Eastern Time on Valentine's Day night. Man, I'll tell you what. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Seriously. I mean, goodness grief. If you, Who would have thought that five years ago that... um that we would be in a global pandemic. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how you'd have that insight to look that far into the future, but it's definitely not possible whatsoever. But man, better days are upon us, and I really do believe it. I do believe it because tough times do not last forever. That is a fact of life. They don't last forever. And I'll be the first to tell you, when I, be, when I began to look back on the five years that it's been, and for me, it is a big deal. I am going to celebrate me. And you should, because the reality is that people are not going to celebrate you more than how you celebrate you. You have to celebrate yourself. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. And I'm a firm believer in that. In which that moments like this or occasions like this or anniversaries like this, that is for you. And it's a testament to the sweat, the tears, the blood that you invested, yes, even blood, um, that I invested into making that move here. You know, I remember being 25 years old. I'm, I'm only 30. <laughs> um, I just turned 30 four and a half months ago. And I remember being 25 years old saying to myself, yeah, if I want to move out of mama's house, I want to move somewhere where I am happy. But I am truly happy. And Boston was it. I knew that it was it. I spent a, a significant amount of time like visiting Boston here and there. And as well as just getting to know the city, um, you know, like getting to to go to sweating events, getting a vibe for what the city was like. And I just fell in love with it. And I think that was so important because there was a time where at the beginning of 2015, that was seven years ago, which is hard to believe. At the beginning of 2015, I knew that there was something about Boston that I really wanted to explore and get to know and that there was something about the city that really just kind of like gravitated towards me. And I was eager to find out. And I also look back on it now that it wasn't an overnight process, not even close. Um, I remember coming here in January of 2015. Yes, that horrific winter of 2014, 2015, that the city of Boston and across greater Boston does not want to remember that winter. I was visiting. I remember how bad the snowstorms were back to back to back to back. And thinking to myself, man, it's colder here than it is in New York or even Philly. You sure you want to do this? Like you so you sure that Boston is is home for you? And it's like, well, it feels home it feels like home. Like every time that I'm here, like I'm just at peace. Like I'm truly at peace. And it's amazing to think that back in twenty fifteen, um, especially specifically May of twenty fifteen, that I would look back and realize that that was the beginning of something special. And I realized that weekend that I came to visit, it just was the end of May of 2015, I realized that that is a city 
that just fits perfectly the passion, the energy, the electricity, and the expectations to win in this market. It's just unlike anywhere else. And I couldn't help but just feel gravitated towards Boston and as well as getting to learn and getting to understand like what it has to offer. Now, this is all in May of 2015, and I still had a lot to learn. I had a lot to learn in terms of, you know, the geography, you know, getting around. But the, the first thing that really got to me was that it does have a transit system. Yeah, the T has its faults, but it is not as bad as the MTA in New York. Hard to believe, right? <laughs> no, no, seriously. Even people in New York have a hard time grasping that actually we kind of have a better overall system than the MTA. I mean, the MTA is literally just one dead mice away from all trains or the R-line are running express on the N-line because of a dead rat on, on the local track. Like, to, no, seriously, like for those who are native New Yorkers and you're listening to this program, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, just, just nod your head or better yet, just call into the program at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. You know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> but here, like, you don't really have that problem to, like, worry about, thankfully. And I will say this. When I look back on the journey that it took for me to move to Boston, I can't help but to think of the days that I used to dream about living here. I just can't because there was a time where I literally dreamed of what life would be like living in Boston. And I tell you what, if I told you in August of 2015, that was the time that I finally realized to myself that this is where I wanted to call home. It was then. It was at the end of my visit in August of 2015. I remember crying. Like, because I was leaving, because I was sad. Like, I didn't want to leave. I just remember, you know, just being happy, just being at peace here. And I remember, you know, having a conversation with someone who, um, who sadly um, does not have... Uh, much of a place in my life anymore. Um, and the question being asked me at the time was, you know, what, do you see yourself like moving to Boston? And and that's when I realized, yeah, hell yeah. So from that point on, from August 2015 to July of, sorry, not July, but to Janu January, February of 2017, like all of my energy was like, shifted and geared towards that and i really wanted to make that move happen um i don't know why my crazy self thought it would happen by um by, by february or april of 2016 but my first early thoughts of it happening then were there but then reality kind of like set in in terms of in terms of like what would be realistic in terms of moving the boss. I said, you know what? June 2016 is when I'm going to make the move. That is when I'm going to make the move. And I am going to just, you know, begin to like plan out what do I want to do in terms of my career? How do I get it into radio? Like what, what I need to do and so forth. 
and life in itself did not work out that way. I was pissed. Like, I was so mad. Like, how on earth am I still here? Like, why am I not in Boston right now? Like, I was I was angry for a minute. And um, it, took, it took some time for me to really, you know, collect my thoughts and really just, like, figure out, okay, it didn't happen then, but does it mean that it won't happen? No. Just didn't happen when you wanted for it to happen and it was tough so august of 2016 i i finished praying and i'll never forget that moment when it hit me like a ton of bricks like hey shoe um you know go go grab a notebook somewhere and write down what you want for yourself over the next six months and literally one of those things that i wrote was move to boston okay when not if, when. So I want people to pay particular attention to this um, specifically. When you're writing down goals for yourself, don't write down if. Don't never ever write down if. Write down I am going to such and such and such. Like if you want to lose weight, write down I am going to lose such and such and such weight, or I am going to get this job such and such and such when not if when and if it doesn't happen then you keep trying and that was it for me keep trying you keep pushing through you keep you know doing everything that you want to do and and invest all of your energy into that set goal and that is imperative that was the key for me so from august of 20 2016 excuse me I decided that I was going to invest all of my energy into making this move happen. And amazingly enough, it did not happen overnight. And that was the beauty of it. I still had to get up and go to work in New York. By that point, I had already left New York. I was done. So I would, you know, I would commute from uh, from Philadelphia to New York, Monday to Friday, I kid you not. I remember at the beginning, I used to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and get to work. And and trust me, it was brutal. It was brutal. How I did it at that time, I don't know. But perks of when you're 24 years old at the time and you got all the energy in the world and you're just naive to certain realities of life at that time, you're just like, to hell with it. I'm just going to do it. So I did it. But then... As the early months of the early fall of 2016 moved along, I decided that I was going to make sure that I get up at a certain reasonable time that I'm not burning myself out by the time I get to eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Because trust me, that was not easy. (laughs) So with that being said, I made sure that I got up around 4 a.m. about a, a month after. This was now October of 16, 2016. I started to get up at 4 a.m., then follow that by picking up a weekend job. <laughs> I worked weekend Saturdays and Sundays in Philadelphia, in which I worked as 
as part of a, a valet uh, company at a hospital, local hospital in Philadelphia. I remember like working from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays for, for four months. So I want all of you to now understand the following. I am now working Monday to Friday, get up at 4 a.m., commuting to New York City and coming back to Philly same day, Monday to Friday, and now working Saturdays and Sundays from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. I have no social life. I remember those, those times and those days quite fondly, and I 100% would do it again. I would 100% do it again. Be, reason is because I knew I didn't have a social life then, but I had a bigger goal in mind. I had a bigger dream in mind. And I just wanted to put and invest everything that I got into that particular dream. And I realized that even now, even now, and as I talk about this, I still have some work to do in terms of a new particular dream that I have for myself and a goal. And I have to be willing to invest that same kind of energy that I invested into moving here, the same principle, the same ideas, but now shift it into a different goal. All right, I got to hit a music break. So we're going to take a music break and coming up next, final thoughts here on this Valentine's Day night going to go to uh music now and i've heard people i want to play a little barry white for you folks out there especially for those who are of a certain age barry white can't get enough of your love baby enjoy there's been a time that we've loved and we've shared love and made love it doesn't seem to me like it's enough it's just not enough, baby. It's just not enough. Oh, darling. Oh, oh, baby. My darling, I can't get enough of your love, baby. Girl, I don't know, I don't know why. I can't get enough of your love, baby. Girl, your love for 
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Freeform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio up and globally on WMFO.org. Time for your final thoughts on this Valentine's Day Monday, the day after the Super Bowl on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. I wish I started my story earlier, but, but the way things went in terms of the show and things on my end, I started it a little late, but that's okay. But I will continue my story in terms of how I ended up here in Boston. So, on what is now the five-year anniversary of me moving to Boston, there are so many life lessons that I had to learn and that I really want to share it with people so that they're able to learn and implement it into their lives in regards to whatever that they may set their minds to. And... I'll do that on a different day, on a different show, one in which that I have um, a lot more time. I only have a couple of minutes left. So I just want to point out now that the NFL season is over, which is really hard to believe. I, I'm still thinking, well, well there's got to be another game on Sunday, right? No, this is it. No more football till August preseason, but there's no more regular season games until September. So I know it's going to be a long six months. No football. And now baseball, in which spring training was, in fact, supposed to start today. It's not even going to start until Lord knows when. 
And I really would like for baseball to get its head out of its donkeys behind, please. Like, I think I speak for the millions of baseball fans across the country that is also dwindling and losing hope in the sport that we figure this out because this lockout is not helping the sport at all. It is damaging the sport. And I'm of the millions of baseball fans that are feeling like, really? Owners, players, get a deal done. You were supposed to, in fact, be starting spring training today. Pitchers and catchers were, were supposed to start, I think, report today or tomorrow. But basically, baseball season is here now. And you still have not figured it out yet. You've had two years to figure this out. And this is the state of the sport. This is part of the reason why I feel the way that I do about baseball, that I'm really beginning to lose a lot of my lackluster and a lot of my luster and love for it because this shouldn't be dragging into February of 2022. We had time to figure this out during the pandemic two years ago. So now with about 60 seconds remaining left in this program, I just want to wrap it up and say thank you all for who have listened to, into this program. And I appreciate all of you. If you are going out tonight, bundle up because it is going to be cold. It is going to be freezing out there. Enjoy the night. Stay safe in all that you do. I will be looking forward to talking to you maybe later in the week on a fill-in basis. We shall see. Either way, Signing off for now on this Valentine's Day night. Good night, everybody. This is Shukri Wright. You have been listening to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. I'll talk to you again later. Peace.